Hi, this is Donnie Most, and I'm the next guest on On Screen and Beyond. On Screen and Beyond, an inside look into the entertainment world featuring interviews with people from the movie, TV, and music industry, news on upcoming TV and DVD releases, and the rumor mill. And now, here's the host of On Screen and Beyond, Brian Zemrak. It is time once again for another edition of On Screen and Beyond. This is episode 437, and I'm your host, Brian Zemrak. And this is the weekly show that keeps you updated on what's coming your way as far as upcoming new movies, remakes, sequels, and TV and movie DVD releases, as well as our interview segment with a guest from the movie TV music industry. This week, Ralph Malf from Happy Days, Donnie Most, is going to be joining us. And this time in his life, he is singing his heart out with a new CD, a Christmas EP, in fact, that is out right now. And on February 10th, he has a new CD coming your way with all swinging standards. So it's a good thing coming your way. Get ready for that and get his Christmas CD right now. And uh, we're going to be talking with him about that and a whole lot more. So get ready. He's coming up. Donnie Most in a few minutes right here on On Screen and Beyond. Got a great show coming your way. So what do you say? Let's get right into it. It is time for Remake Madness right here on On Screen and Beyond. Remake Madness, well, a new release date for the Guy Ritchie remake of King Arthur is on the way. It's going to be on May 12th, 2017 now. And a remake of The Little Shop of Horrors, we've talked about it before, but it's uh, still in the works. And it uh, was back on the screen the first time in 1960. And then, of course, with the Steve Martin, it came back out in Rick Moranis in 1986. So we'll see what they do with it this time. And Dak Shepard and Michael Penna will play the roles of John and Ponch in the remake of Chips. It uh, was to be released in August. Now they're talking about March 24th. So it's coming earlier than we thought. That's it for Remake Madness. Next on On Screen and Beyond, what's coming your way as far as upcoming new movies? Upcoming new movies. Well, the action thriller Beast of Burden will star Daniel Radcliffe and also in the cast, Lawrence Fishburne and Grace Gummer. And that's uh, going to be a movie that uh, a lot of people will be looking forward to. And a movie called Rampage is shooting for a April 20th, 2018 release date as a trio of mild-mannered humans are mutated into a giant lizard, a werewolf, and a gorilla. And they fight the military. Sounds like an interesting one. That's it for upcoming new movies. Next on On Screen and Beyond, take you down to Sequel City to find out what's coming your way as far as sequels. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Sequel City, well, there's a lot of projected release dates that have been uh, released. It looks like uh, Mission Impossible 6, MI6, will hit theaters 
on July 27th, 2018. And the Equalizer 2 comes our way on September 14th, 2018. And good old SpongeBob SquarePants 3 is looking to be in theaters on February 8th, 2019. And that's it for Sequel City. Coming up next on On Screen to Beyond, TV on DVD. TV on DVD, well, it looks like Time Life is bringing unreleased seasons of the Red Skelton Show. It's called Red Skelton Show in color on January 13th. Get ready for that one. Red Skelton, the classic. And The Westerner, the complete series with Brian Keith, will be available on February 14th. And Vice Principals, the complete first season, will be hitting stores on February 7th. That's it for TV on DVD. Next on On Screen and Beyond, Movies on DVD. <laughs> movies on DVD, Bad Santa 2, it's in theaters right now, but it will arrive on DVD and Blu-ray on February 21st. And The Accountant with Ben Affleck will be hitting stores on January 10th. And let's see, the Deep Water Horizon movie with Mark Wahlberg, that arrives on January 10th also. That's it for Movies on DVD. Coming up next on On Screen to Be On, TV and Entertainment Time. TV and Entertainment Time. The CW's reign will not get a fifth season, so season four will run through 2017, and that's the end of the reign. And let's see, January 6th, Netflix will release its remake of the 1970s show, One Day at a Time. And from what we're hearing... It's nothing like the original. Not saying it's good or bad, just saying that it's not like the original. But we'll find out. That's coming on Netflix. So uh, that's it for TV and Entertainment Time. Next on On Screen and Beyond, it is Celebrity Birthdays. <laughs> we baked you a birthday cake. If you get a tummy ache and you moan and groan and woe, don't forget we told you so. Happy birthday! Celebrity birthdays on December 15th. Don Johnson turns 67 and Tim Conway turns 83. December 16th, it looks like Billy Gibbons of ZZ Top turns 67. And December 17th, Eugene Levy turns 70. And on December 18th, Brad Pitt turns 53. Steven Spielberg turns 70. Katie Holmes turns 38, and Keith Richards turns 73. As far as listener birthdays on On Screen and Beyond, Linda P. of Los Angeles, California, turns 52 on December 18th. So happy birthday to Linda and all the other celebrities that uh, we mentioned. And if you, a friend or a relative, are going to be having a birthday, you can send it to me at feedback at onscreenandbeyond.com, and we will all be wishing you a very happy birthday all over the world all the listeners who listen to On Screen and Beyond. And that's it for Celebrity and Listener Birthdays. Next on On Screen and Beyond, he was Ralph Malph on Happy Days. Now he's singing away with the standards, and he has a new EP out with Christmas songs on it. Be sure to get that. Donnie Most is joining us right here on On Screen and Beyond.
Today on On Screen and Beyond, our guest is an actor, director, and singer who we all know for his role as Ralph Malf on Happy Days. Now, he's spending a lot of his time singing with his band, and he has a new CD out, uh, Christmas-oriented, called Swinging Down the Chimney Tonight, and he has a new CD coming out on February 10th called D-Most, Mostly Swinging. It's Donnie Most. Donnie, welcome to On Screen and Beyond. Uh, thanks. Thanks for having me, and uh, good talking with you. Now, Don, this sounds like a lot of stuff in the in the hopper for you. <laughs> you, you yeah. You uh, now we all know you, of course. Like I say, for Happy Days, and and that's something that, uh, in fact, you were a guest here many years ago. We did have you uh, on the show a while, quite a few years ago. And um, oh, so people can go back and listen to us talk about your happy days time at that, you know, if they want to hear that, because that's still out there. Sure. But uh, and what a lot of people may not know is your singing aspect of your career. Yeah, it's true. Um, I think more and more people are starting to know, but uh, I, I was originally singing when I was pretty young before I uh, kind of went down the acting road, I was about 14 or 15, and I was uh, part of a, a nightclub review, uh, singing uh, one summer I was, when I was, like I said, about 15, singing in the Catskill Mountains, uh, the resort area upstate mm-hmm. New York back then. And, uh, you know, it was a very popular place where um, a lot of entertainers uh, performed up there. And uh, it was, you know, they had all these different hotels, uh, uh, quite a few of them. And uh, I was doing the uh, the nightclubs up there at those hotels and had a wonderful experience. And so that was my first, you know, that was the path I, I set out on first wow. uh, was to be a singer. And uh, so it, it made a lot of sense. It's quite natural for me to go back to that now because it it's been with me since I was very young. It never left me. And I'm thrilled to be uh, doing it in a in a full out way right now. Yeah. Now, on Happy Days, um, you guys sang once in a while, uh, you and Anson. And was that just something that the writers decided to do, or was it they saw that you guys had done this and they thought, well, we'll write this into the show? Um, well, what had happened? Uh, the, the, there's a real story behind it, and um, Anson Williams tells it uh, to some degree in a, a book, a really excellent book he wrote called Singing to a Bulldog. And, and there's a chapter in there where he explains how he convinced Gary Marshall, the creator of our show, to uh, that we should have a band, uh, form a band that could play at Arnold's. And, and that he had, you know, because he had had a musical theater background, so he told him he could sing. And so Gary, like, thought it was a good idea and said, well, let's, you know, kind of give it a try and see how it goes and you know it went over they really liked that aspect of it and they continued it and uh so but Anson was then kind of established as the singer so that it was hard for me i did kind of more background right. backup singing but i didn't really get to do the, the any of the lead singing um and gary was pretty adamant when i went in to t- discuss that that you know i guess he had already kind of established Anson uh, Patsy as the singer and, and, and I, my character was very, had its own kind of niche and, and he didn't want to kind of, he didn't want to mess with that formula. So, um, so 
I didn't, you know, so I didn't really get to do much back then. And, and that's what so many people come up to me now when they see my show, my live shows, um, and they, you know, they totally do not expect because you know I, I, I do, I love all the great jazz standards and the great American songbook and you know, sort of in the style of Sinatra and Bobby Darren and Nat King Cole and all those great singers. And and they're like totally surprised and it's like, how come you never sang on Happy Days? You know, I get that all the time. But uh, and and sometimes in my live show I I I tell the story and, and I get into it because there's some funny aspects of it which I don't really have time to to do the whole spiel right now, but right. Um, uh, but I, I I sort of uh, you know elaborate uh, on it in the live show, and, it, and some of it's pretty funny. But but at the time it was a little frustrating for me that I didn't get to do singing. Um, but but now I'm having yeah, I mean because the music that I love w- they wouldn't have let me do on the show because it was not the right era, it was not mm-hmm. the right style. Yeah. Um, but now I'm getting to do it and. Um, I'm having just a wonderful time with it. Yeah. Now you mentioned the cat, the cat skills you were singing back there before the show. Um, were you uh, singing the swing type music back then too, or were you doing a different style? It was it. wasn't so much swing, but it was still standards. You know, standards, I mean, yeah. it's still it, yeah, it was still songs that were standards, and uh, did a song called uh, "On the Sunny Side of the Street," which oh, yeah. is a great uh, a song. You know, from the Great American Songbook written by Dorothy Fields and Jimmy McHugh, I believe. And uh, so I did that song. And then I did, um, I was a big uh, fan of uh, Al Jolson and Eddie Cantor. um, And those were, you know, great stars back in the 20s and 30s, 40s. And um, so I did a few songs that that were made famous by them. And uh, so it was that style, you know, it was still in that, in that genre it wasn't really swing per se like i'm doing the the, the, what i do now is um is it's the jazz standards and a lot of it is swing and some but i also do some of the wonderful uh ballads that were written back then that um you know that's certainly not swing but it's still part of the great american songbook right yeah now do you have a favorite of the the you know like you said Sinatra and and Darren and those guys uh, is there a certain one that you know is really one of your favorites? Yeah, I I mean I loved you know there was so many of the the great singers that uh, I listened to all the time and became big fans of but uh, but Darren Bobby was was my guy um, I got to see him when I was uh, at the Copacabana nightclub in New York when I was eighteen. Um, and, and that was an amazing experience. And, and I, before that, I had been following him and listening to his records and singing along with them over and over and over again. So, um, yeah, Bobby was the, for some reason I, I, I connected with him and he resonated his music, his style, his soul, his, the, the, the level of his musicianship just really got me. And, um, and I do, you know, I do some of his songs in my live show, um, as I do, but some of Sinatra's and Dean Martin's and that King Cole, Joe Williams, who was, who was a great singer with the Count Basie band and, and, and so many, and, uh, Mel Torme. Uh, but Darren, uh, is, is like I said, my favorite. And, um, 
on the uh, new CD that comes out in February, mostly swing, is one of the songs of of Darren that I do. Um, I, I, you know, I, I finish a lot of my shows with Mac the Knife. Because, right, uh, you have to <laughs> if you like Darren. Yeah. You got you to do it, Mac the Knife. <laughs> yeah, have to, and I and I've been doing it since I've been ten years old. You know, so it's it's in my blood, and and I close a lot of the shows that way. But I didn't want to re- on this first CD. Uh, mostly swing. I didn't want to do that song because it's so associated and so well known. Um, and eventually, I'm going to record it. But for this first one, I, I don't know. I didn't feel like it was the right one. So, but I did another song of, uh, that was one of the first ones I had heard of that he did, and it was a very similar style to Macanice. It was actually sort of almost like a follow-up. It was a song called Clementine, mm-hmm. and yeah. um, so that's on the CD. And and um, very much in the style that he did in the arrangement, because we sort of paying homage to that, and um, and it swings, it really does. Um, the amazing musicians on the CD, uh, my producer Willie Murillo, uh, has some of the best jazz artists in LA on it, and and he's an amazing arranger, producer, and trumpet player himself, and um, it just is a dynamic. Uh, sound that that he was able to get behind me, and uh, it, an incredible thrill for me. Mm-hmm. Is the band? Uh, are you always playing with the same band, or do you? When you travel further away, do you you know get a, a local band or something, or is it the same band? Yeah. Um, when I when I'm in L.A., um, it's a lot of those same guys. You know, I mm-hmm. mean, there's a few. Ro- there's a ro- bit of a rotation, but they've got a p- great pool to work from. Um, but it's a lot of the same guys. Uh, I have a show coming up uh, December 21st here in Los Angeles at Catalina's Bar and Grill, a famous jazz club out here, and I'm going to have a big 17-piece band, and wow. a lot of, and I've performed with these guys a bunch. Um, but then it, I was just in New York at uh, Feinstein's 54 Below, and I have sort of a, an East Coast group of guys and, and uh, a musical director that I been with for two years three years almost and um and i take him when i travel and and if we're outside of new york far you know a bit of a distance from there from the tri-state area then we usually pick up local musicians in those in those cities mm-hmm. is that difficult when you when you have a you know band that's probably never played together or like that yeah. coming in the first time um, yeah i mean yeah, it was a little unnerving to me at first when we were going to places where, you know, we were bringing in guys that I would never played with before. But a lot of times these were musicians that they'd played together before. But but the the whole key to it is if they're good jazz musicians that can read, that are really good at reading the, the charts, the music. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's what's astonishing about some of these guys is that they are, they can read so the music so well that you put it in front of them, and they could almost instantaneously play it and play it like they've been playing it for a while. Mm-hmm. So um, it that that's the key is getting guys who can really read and 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 sometimes if you you know that they're not that's not their strength, but they're still good musicians, then you try to get the music to them a little early ahead of time. They have time to look it over and work on it. So there's a couple of different ways you have to 
skin that cat. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it reminds me of like the Wrecking Crew, you know. I don't know if you know that story about the Wrecking Crew that played a lot of the music, the sound, the musicians that played on a lot of the, the beach movies oh. and and all oh, those. Right. Yeah, you know, they just yeah. get together. And I mean, of course, they were amazing <laughs> musicians back yeah. then. But, you know, uh, so uh, it, it sounds like uh, the show must be a lot of fun when you're singing I mean Sinatra and Dean Martin and those those guys. Oh, it's it's unbelievable. I'm, I I had um, for example just last week um, I, I mentioned I was at Fifty Four Below in New York, and then the day before that I was at a uh, there was a benefit performance um, at the Count Basie Theater in Red Bank, New Jersey, that I was asked to be part of, and I got to do a bunch of songs, and it was with. Uh, 28-piece orchestra, you know, the full band, strings, and then Dina Martin was uh, was one of the performers. That's Dean Martin's daughter. Right, yeah. So, so I was so thrilled to meet her and, you know, be on the bill with her. And she, I'd seen her before, actually, perform, and she's wonderful. And um, and then I got to do, it was, it was a strict, it was a Sinatra bash, um, all Sinatra. Everybody was doing Sinatra. So to, to perform with that kind of an orchestra and and uh, in that, in, uh, amongst Rat Pack royalty, so to speak, mm-hmm. and uh, and do those incredible Sinatra songs and those arrangements, uh, it's just a, a wonderful high. There's no no way of getting around it. Yeah. yeah. And how do you decide which songs to play? I mean, these guys had so many hits. I mean, it must be difficult right. to say, you know, I'll I'll do this one, or or do you mix it up? I, I do mix it up. Um, you know, I, I've been able to, I mean, at the beginning, it's like, you know, it, you build up your repertoire because, you know, it costs money to get the songs uh, arranged for the orchestra. So you, at the beginning, you know, you're picking and choosing um, and sort of just going by initially my favorites and the ones that I, I felt, you know, over the years listening to and singing along that, there's always naturally some that rise to the top for for each individual. Mm-hmm. So um, so that's how it started, and then you expand on it as you continue, and then and then I do kind of rotate and mix them up because it keeps it fresher for me, and and um, and if something starts to feel a little, um, I don't know, like you know, you get a little, you can get not stagnant with it, but um, just just yeah, it's almost an instinctive thing where you oh, you know I think I feel like doing this song tonight yeah you know, or not tonight but you know for this particular show and then mm-hmm. you plan that and right yeah uh, let's uh, pull these out and let's throw those back in and um, you know it's it's not even so much it's a thought process but it's not it's not analytical it's more like uh, instinctive and and I can't even explain where 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 I'm coming from in that regard I just. You know, like I said, a little bit instinctual. Right, yeah. I mentioned in the intro about your Christmas CD. Now, that's got to be difficult, picking <laughs> just, I mean, this, is a, this isn't a full CD, right? It's a, um, right. what do you call an it? EP. Uh, uh, an EP. An EP, Extended yeah. Extended play, yeah. So there's just, a, 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 what, four or five songs on there. So right. uh, how do you break that down? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, good question. I'm, you know, my producer and I, we just... You know, started throwing out names of songs that, uh, you know, that either are 
favorites or just ones that I felt like, uh, you know, I, I'd like to try. Um, there was one I knew I had to do, which was probably my, just about my favorite, was uh, the Christmas song made famous by Nat King Cole. Mm-hmm. And I knew I was going to do that. And uh, and my producer listened to sort of a, uh, you know, a little vocal I'd done to of it and and he agreed you know that we should do that and then he suggested a few songs and and he had some ideas on an approach to them and um, I listened to uh, the you know some of the different versions of them and then what and then he would describe a particular musical approach that he was thinking of and and he kind of sold me so I'd say um, yeah three out of the four were suggestions he made and then the christmas song was mine mm-hmm. and then there's a bonus track on there which is a song that's from the upcoming C- full cd and we put it on there as a bonus so to sort of as a teaser for right. something from the cd that comes out in february mm-hmm. yeah so uh, that'll get everybody <laughs> anxious to get it and <laughs> hopefully yeah hopefully <laughs> yeah that's great jeez so uh yeah when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Have you done any of the Christmas songs in a live performance that you're doing? Um, for the first, I did for the first time uh, a few nights ago mm-hmm. uh, at, at, at in New York City at that show at Feinstein's Fifty Four Below. Um, I did I did a couple of Christmas songs, and then I brought some guest vocalists up, and we did do uh, a few duets on the Christ, on Christmas songs, and it was it went really well. Um, it, it was it was excellent, and then I'm going to be doing some again at the LA show at Catalina's Bar and Grill, and I also have other guest artists coming up to to share the the duties with me. And but I, I'll be doing probably about three three or four by myself, and then several duets. So, um, but then uh, then we mix mix in a lot of the songs from the mostly swinging CD. And and some other standbys that are favorites that I've been doing live mm-hmm. that are not on the CD. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 yeah. It, is the is your show uh, you know interactive with with the crowd? Um, I, I mean, not 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 really. I mean, uh, you know, I certainly talk, I tell stories um, in between uh, some of the songs uh, and give a context for the music and. Sometimes, you know, there'll be comments from the audience and we'll go back and forth a little bit, but it's not too interactive beyond that. Well, what I meant was, you know, interactive. It was some singers get out there and they sing their songs and that's it with no no talking, connecting with the the audience. That's more. Oh, I see. Yeah. No, no, no. Then in that regard, yes, it is interactive in that regard because I do like to to talk. you know, set certain things up, give a context for the music, and then tell some interesting anecdotes and 
mm-hmm. fun, you know, a few funny stories here and there. Yeah. Um, talk about happy days a little bit in, with it, with the context of music and and um, a little bit of what we touched upon earlier. And but I get into it in more detail. And uh, you know, and then sometimes you know, and I ne- there's a certain amount of ad libbing and improvisation in terms of. Uh, it, it might go in a di- slightly different direction one night and other things might come up in another night. You know, it, it varies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it sounds a lot like a lot of, a lot of fun, a good show to go see. And, uh, it's, uh, yeah. Um, the response I've been so, um, you know, I don't know. I don't want to say, I mean, surprised. Yes. To some degree and, and, uh, certainly, uh, encouraged and, and and um, you know buoyed by by the response I've been getting from from the audience when I when I first started doing it, you know I, I said I if I'm ever going to do this I better do it now because this kind of music has has come back and and it's been a lot of great artists doing it and there's a, a bigger audience for it again and, and more newer audiences are are learning it so I, I better do it now and I said I'll. I'll see how it goes, and if it's going well, if I'm having fun, you know, I'll continue doing it, and we'll see where it goes. And that was my original sort of uh, thought process. But um, in that from that very first show, the response was like just way beyond what I think I expected, and um, which was which was wonderful, and and that seems to have been continuing. So, um, and I feel like it's just you know I'm getting better and better. Um, the show's getting better and better because of, you know, my, the people behind me, the musical director and producer, um, you know, we're all learning, uh, sort of in an organic way, the path to take musically. And, uh, and, and now with the recordings, I can't wait for that to get out there, hopefully on the airwaves and, Mm -hmm. and, and share it so that, so that lots of people hear it. And, uh, and hopefully, uh, you know, then want want to not only get the, the recordings, but then uh, which will help uh, instigate more live performances for me. So, because I, I would love nothing better, uh, as much as I still want to continue acting and directing and not stop that. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I would love, no, but I still love right now to be out there on a on a fairly you know consistent basis. Um, doing these live shows in all different places, different venues, and I'm hoping I can combine all of, all of those different uh, aspects of uh, you know my career, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Well, it sounds like you got a lot of exciting things coming your way. That's great. Um, yeah, I mean, the music thing has certainly been uh, uh, unexpected and and welcoming uh, joy for me. The uh, you know the acting and the directing. Um, um, that you know, I had to almost put it a little bit on the back burner while I was focusing on this. Understandable. But, uh, but now, um, I you know, it's it's gotten to the point where I I think I can because I've established and I and, and we've gotten a lot of the preparation under under our belt, so it's a little more self sustaining now, and I have time. So um, I did a independent film called follow that came out in the fall and um and i was just on an episode of odd couple a few weeks ago and i'm hoping 
to do, you know, now I'm really itching to get back in front of the camera again and, and do a lot more in the acting side, uh, as you know, as well as the music. So right. we'll see, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Well, I know we're limited on time and, uh, I do want to finish up with two final questions, Donnie. Sure. Taking us away from your acting, your singing, your directing and everything else that you're doing, when you sit back and relax, I know that probably doesn't happen often, but, <laughs> but when you do, um, what do you watch on TV? What are your favorite TV shows now and of the past? And what are your favorite movies now and of the past? Oh, my gosh. Well, I'm, I'm sort of embarrassed to say I don't watch a lot of TV these days. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And I can't explain why that happened because um, I know there's some you know, wonderful shows on, especially in the dramatic um, arena, you know, on cable and Showtime and HBO and Netflix and all these great shows. Um, and and I, I, I need to catch up, but uh, it, it almost seems daunting because I'm so far behind. Uh, so that t now in the past, oh gosh, you know, I was, when I was very young, uh, my favorite show um, was the Twilight Zone, probably. Mm -hmm. Um but you know, I loved a lot of. T there was a lot of TV that I liked back then, but um, that one probably stands out for me. Um, even even when I was like nine, ten years old, I was really into the Twilight Zone. Yeah. Of course, then the original Star Trek I was into, and and then there were, you know, comedies like Dick Van Dyke Show that I was a big fan of, and mm -hmm. um, I'm trying to remember. And and when I was young, Bonanza I was into. Yeah. Know? Oh yeah. But. Uh, <laughs> But um, and then movies, uh, uh, I again I have uh, so much to catch up on, and I'm, I was just looking at the list of some of the critics' choices of the uh, movies to of the 2016. So I have a lot of catching up to do on that. But um, but when I was younger, for me the the, the sort of late 60s and early 70s is, was a, a, a really rich time for film. Um, it's when I was discovering a serious cinema. And uh, so, you know, that's when films and, and there are films that today would be independent films, even though then they were they were the big movies. Right. Yeah. Um, the studios aren't wouldn't make these movies today. But back then, you know, movies like The Graduate and and, uh, you know, The Last Picture Show and Midnight Cowboy and, mm -hmm. well, of course, The Godfather and um I was a big Nicholson, a huge Nicholson fan. So um, there was a movie called Five Easy Pieces that yeah. turned me on to him mm -hmm. as an actor and uh, made a huge impression on me. And then uh, every movie he made in the six, 70s um, uh, was right up there in my the top of my list, you know, from Chinatown to uh, uh, Carnal Knowledge and, and uh, The Last Detail and on them, you know, all those great films. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, you know, and I was a big Paul Newman fan. I loved, uh, the hustler and cool hand Luke and, and, uh, some of his great films. And, uh, you know, I'm sure I'm, um, leaving out, you know, a lot of great films from back in, in when, in my sort of impressionable movie years. Uh, there's so many others. Um, and I mean, in, in recent times, oh gosh, it, 
That, that's a tough one, you know, because I'd have to, I almost have to like look at a list and then pick them out. And right. Tell you the ones, <laughs> I know. <laughs> you know, because it's just hard. Because uh, there have been a lot of terrific films in the last, you know, I mean, even as as of late. Um, I mean, I'm really looking forward to seeing um, uh, Moonlight, and I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, Jackie and and uh, Manchester by the Sea and um, La La Land, and um, and there were a few others up there on that uh, on some of those lists that looked really really uh, wonderful. So um, yeah, it is it is hard uh, to throw yeah. that question out to you, <laughs> and everybody says the same thing. You know, over the past ten years, we've had over four hundred and thirty something people on the yeah. show, and it's always like, wow, that's the hardest one <laughs> I'm asked. Yeah, it is tough. You know, it's almost like like you're saying you need that list in front of you, and you go, oh yeah, uh, this was great. That right. one was, you know, like Spotlight was a great film last year that I liked a mm. lot, um, and I, I know there were. You know, at least uh, you know three, four, five other films uh, um, that were big highlights last year that are escaping me right now. Yeah. yeah. Well, Donnie, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to share with us. Everybody should be going out uh, right now to get "Swinging Down the Chimney" tonight, and uh, that'll also give them a tease with Cecibon, and uh, that will give them a preview of your February tenth release of uh, yeah. "The Most Mostly Swinging." Yeah. Yeah, they can get the Swinging Down the Chimney Night on uh, Amazon or iTunes. And, uh, and yes, the, hard, the, the actual CD, the hard disk, comes out um, today, tomorrow, and, uh, and that's available as well. So um, yeah, I'd love for people to check it out. Oh, one more thing. Where can people get information about where you're going to be performing? Yeah, uh, on my website, donnymost.com has a calendar. And then uh, in addition to that, um, I usually post about it on, there's my Facebook music page that's under Don Most. And uh, they can go there and I'm usually posting about that, uh, you know, on a fairly consistent basis. So that should make it uh, somewhat easy, Mm -hmm. I hope. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for joining us, Donnie. Brian is a My pleasure, and uh, thanks for having me. Good talking to you. A big thank you going out to Donnie Most for joining us here at On Screen to Be On. And uh, be sure to check out our previous interview with Donnie Most right here on On Screen and Beyond. Go to onscreenandbeyond.com. Go to our rerun section, and he is there. He talks about his career and everything else, too, so you can sort of listen to both of those and get an idea of what he was doing and what he is doing now. So uh, pretty interesting things. And uh, be sure to check out his Christmas EP, Bring It Home for the Whole Family to Listen to, Get You in the Mood. And then on February 10th, check out his new CD, And uh, you don't want to miss that with some uh, swinging standards and everything else. Uh, And if you get a chance, be sure to check out his show, because I'm sure that's a great show, too. Uh, So, that's it. Looks like we are coming to an end of uh, this episode of On Screen and Beyond. But uh, a lot of things coming our way. We have another guest coming your way next week. And, of course, like you said, we got the holidays coming up and... uh, 
it's just going to be crazy. So we'll see what we'll do about getting uh, episodes out at that time. But uh, we do have a whole bunch of guests lined up, and we will be putting those out for you. And I'm sure you're going to enjoy the people that we have coming your way. So be ready for that. Like I said uh, last week, the first guest of 2017 here at On Screen and Beyond will be Loretta Swift of MASH. She was Hot Lips Houlihan, and uh, she's going to have a lot to say, and she's got a new book coming out and all sorts of stuff. Get ready for that. That's coming up. First of the year. Well, that's it. That is a wrap for this week. So until next week, when we once again take you on screen and beyond, I'm Brian Zemrak. Take care. Thank you.